Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, this is Jordana Jarrett, editor at the Webby Awards. And Jason Brickhill, social media manager at the Webbies. And we're so hyped because the nominees for the 23rd annual Webby Awards have been announced. Finally! Yes! Now it's time for you to vote in the Webby People's Voice Awards for your favorite nominees across all categories and media types, including websites, advertising media and PR, video, mobile apps and voice, social, podcasts, and games. You can vote for your favorite nominees from now until Thursday, April 18th to make sure the very best take home a Webby People's Voice Award. Make sure your voice is heard in deciding the best of the internet. Jordana, where do people vote? Vote.webbyawards.com Vote.webbyawards.com Go vote. Now let's start the show. Hey there, and welcome back to Season 5 of the Webby Podcast. The 23rd Annual Webby nominees have been announced. We are dedicating today's episode to that by talking about some of this year's standout projects. And I cannot do that alone, so I brought in two experts on what makes for really great internet, Webby Executive Director Claire Graves and our Executive Producer Steve Marchese. I won't give too much away, but I will say each of these nominees fulfills the promise of what the internet was designed to do, like grant us universal access to knowledge, entertain us, and connect us all in ways that were once impossible. After this, I hope you'll stay tuned for the rest of Season 5. We'll be interviewing some of this year's nominees, in addition to judges like NASA, JPL's Veronica McGregor, and past winners David Tamarkin of Epicurious, host of the Longest Shortest Time podcast Hillary Frank, and more. All right, it is nominee announcement day, so let's get to it. Sit back, join us as we discuss some of this year's amazing internet. Claire. Hello, David Michelle. You like podcasts. I do. I enjoy a podcast. What, uh, I have a feeling on that list of favorite nominees over there, one of them might be a podcast. One of them is a podcast. So? It was a mini series for the New Yorker Radio Hour, and it's called The Long Distance Con. What's it about? It's about this woman who she's investigating uh, the, a man who conned her, conned her father out of all of his money um, just before he died. It actually took a long time for him to eventually just con him out of everything he had, and he was quite a wealthy man. That's awful. Now, before I go on, are you one of those people who really likes the crime podcasts? Are I, you, like, following all the different crime genres? Is this a, well, or is this a special? Know, Emma in our office, she is the crime one. But I do enjoy a crime podcast. I like serial. I like them all. So you're a big crime crime I like follower. The crime ones, yeah. Okay. In the world of crime podcasts, how does this how does this rank? Or how does it how does it relate to? Is it how you know? It's up there. It was a mini series, so it was slightly different to you know, and an, a long episodic podcast. But it was definitely how up many there. how many episodes? Is it? I think it was three or four. Okay. It was very good. It was very entertaining. It was very interesting. So what? how did the – tell us a bit about it. How did the man make all the money before he lost it all? Uh, well, he made money in, on radio. He had – it was I think it was an internet radio company that he had. 
Um, and he retired really early because he could because he, he had, had a lot an of money. Internet radio company. I think it was internet radio. Wow. It was something right. to do with radio. Um, and he really he he really enjoyed his wealth. His kids went to the best schools. They had great Christmases. All of that stuff. I think he was he had a um, he was part of a club. All of this stuff that very wealthy people do. And then he met this guy, and the guy conned him out of all of his money. He, the guy moved to Vietnam. And uh, basically, like, worked on him to get him to fund a treasure hunt. It was like these people going out and finding treasure, um, and he just took all of his money, basically. It was so interesting. So, like, a treasure hunt. So, basically, the guy thought that he was going to fund this thing and they were going to find more money. Yeah, find loads and loads of, like, ancient treasure. His greed kind of is, is what they tapped into, I guess. Yeah, and the his. excitement of the whole thing. And it, But the thing is, it, it seems like he must have been a pretty smart guy if he made all that money doing radio and and that's And that's what the podcast is about. It's like how really intelligent people can also get conned. What happened to the – I guess we let people – I guess we should let people listen to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, you got to listen to it. Crime podcasts are great for long car rides, I think. We, yeah. we definitely listened to this one on a car ride coming back from upstate. When I listen to my crime, is it? <laughs> uh, we have an, in the crime, crime and justice category is new this it's year. It's a new one. It's a news. It's a new one, and I think it's a kind of a category we actually don't have in other media types. I don't believe there's like a crime and justice websites category or a crime and justice film category. It's really because it's sort of a genre that's been more specific to podcasts, right? We launched yeah. it. Unique, unique serial podcasts. sort of pioneer, webby winner. I saw serial uh, also a nominee this year. Serial is a nominee in a couple of categories, I right, think. Right. I know Steve, you're a big you're a big serial fan. I'm a big serial fan. Season both seasons. So what do you what do you got on your list? So just for I think we we talked about this, but just to remind people here, we're going to uh, we're going to try and talk about one thing at least from each of our different media types, and then we'll probably end up talking about a few things from each of them. But Steve had a game. I think it was something about donuts and holes. It is a, a game where you play actually as a donut hole. It's called Donut County. What does and, uh, that mean to play as the donut hole? Like you're a you're like a little donut hole flying around in the world, sort of thing. Or? Yeah, yeah. You're actually the hole in the donut. You, you, you play as well. You but know, is you, it like the the donut hole, like at uh, what's it called at um, Dunkin' Donuts, where it's like the little ball of dough? No, no. Or is you're it like not the, the munchkin. Okay. You're not the munchkin. Oh, you're not munch. the dough that is extracted from the donut. You're the, the donut hole itself, and then you just have to sort of like you start as a little donut hole, and then you you go and you steal people's trash. And the trash falls down the donut hole, and the donut hole gets bigger, and then you eventually swallow like buildings and, and is cars. The, is the donut hole visually illustrated by having a donut to show where the hole is, or is it like no? It's no. just it's just a hole. It's How like is there a, a hole it's without? Like a black hole. Uh, it's a black hole. I mean, it's I mean, it's a really existential kind of thing. I mean, you got to get in there, and you got to just you know you have to look in the mirror. You have to <laughs> you have to imagine what a donut hole can be. Okay, that's what how it starts, and then all of a sudden it's a hole on the ground. It looks a little bit like Looney Tunes. Okay. You know, like, oh, like, like, like got it. imagine like Bugs Bunny coming out of a rabbit oh, hole, yeah. but I don't want to call it a rabbit hole because it's not a rabbit hole. It. It's, it's a, a donut, donut hole. It's a donut but the hole. game is called Donut Hole. The, it's called Donut County. Donut County. Tell because us, that's the Steve, county. What's where the, the goal are. of this game? The goal of the game, I believe it is to swallow up everything that you can. Um, and then everything, once you swallow everything up, it's sort of, you end up in this like underground environment where all the characters are. And then everything sort of spits back up into the real world again. 
They sort of rebuild this Donut County world again. So you swallow the world. You swallow the entire world. That's the objective of the game. I just realized that in addition to like your dreams and telling people about what your experience is at Burning Man, explaining like your gameplay is also in the list of things that sounds really interesting to the person telling about it and completely incomprehensible to everybody else. I, I enjoy a nice abstract game. I would put this in that category, but I also would say watching my 10-year-old play it, it's really well written and the soundtrack's really good. So there's like this full sensory experience when you play mm-hmm. it. But yeah, it's something that, you know, it shouldn't be explained. It should be played like all games. Like all games. Well, speaking of, it's uh, a good segue about sensory experiences. I have one. It's the uh, it's a nominee in Connected Products and Wearables. And I have to tell you, I have not even tried this. But I saw that it's nominated and I'm really interested in trying it. Uh, it's called... And, I absolutely realize that I'm inviting quite a bit of mockery by choosing to talk about this. You, did mention, you, think it you is mentioned Burning Man already once. It's called Muse, the brain-sensing headband. And so what this is, is it's a headband that you put on, uh, and it, there's an app also for it. And what the idea of it is, is to give you biofeedback about your meditation. So you put it on with some earphones, you connect to the app which you download, and it leads you through like a guided meditation. And then the headband itself is meant, it has like, it's not an EKG, it's an EEG. Mm. I didn't look up what that stands for, I gotta be honest with you. But uh, the headband has EEG sensors and it tracks your like brain waves. And based on your brain waves, it's giving you different weather sounds. So if your brain is too confused or too active or whatever, it starts to sound like thunder and lightning and stuff like that. If it's calm, then it starts to give you like really calm weather sound. So it's a way for you to start getting auditory feedback around what your brain waves are doing while you're meditating. So you can sort of dive into the, you know, the calm part, hopefully, or yeah. avoid the, the crazy part. And then it does all that stuff with data visualization in the app after it shows you graphs of like how your brain was doing all that stuff. So I haven't tried it. It just looks really cool. And I think that just generally actually trying to use some of these devices for, you know, things other than watching stuff and chatting with each other, which I think are perfectly reasonable activities, but um, is also an interesting thing. So I think I'm going to try it. The only problem is it is a bit expensive. You know, I've seen them for sale. Question, yeah. Yeah, question for they're you. At the, can I tell you where they're at? They're oh, at yeah. my sensory deprivation place. <laughs> <laughs> that leads me to my next question about it. So question for you, if you fall asleep while meditating with this on, does it then record while you're sleeping the brain activity that happens? Ooh, that's interesting. Because an EEG is for, it, it measures the electrical stimuli in your, in your brain. Like it's an encephalo, electroencephalogram, as opposed to an electrocardiogram, which you is an... Google that, right? Uh, <laughs> no, totally don't read them. I Googled the EEG, Steering. but I knew that an EKG was... on form here. I knew that it was an electrocardiogram, and I, and I knew... I. I I knew that it was an electroencephalogram. But I'm just curious is if you keep it on while you fall, after you fall asleep. Does well, what it, did it say in the article that you just No, no, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm not looking at the article about the brainwave thing. I'm looking at what a knee I don't know. Is. I've never used it. So I think it's, I mean, it, the whole question about whether meditating and sleeping are similar brainwaves is an interesting one, which I'm sure there are answers to already. I do feel like I should point out to, to people who are, if they are listening, why it's a nominee if I haven't tried it, just reminding people that we have you know, like three or 4,000 judges who live around the world who actually go through all of this work. And so often, sometimes we're discovering new things here too. Um, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't really well-reviewed, and I'm sure it was. What do you think, Claire? You got another one? I do. Um, 
So I was excited to see that Drawings for My Grandchildren was a nominee this year. Do you guys know that? I do. I do. I like it. It's in the arts and culture on social. I didn't know about it until you. I, I obviously looked at it when you shared it with all of us. And it's kind of an incredible thing. It is drawings that are done by a guy who lives in Brazil for his grandchildren who moved to Korea. And they're beautiful watercolours and he puts them up on Instagram and shares them with the world. Interesting. And then there's like stories about it too, right? And there's stories. So it's stories from his day. So it's watercolours of if he goes to the market or if he sees a band or if he goes to the beach and sees a whale, he'll do a watercolour and send them to his grandchildren. What I like about it, um, and I sort of relate to like through some family, is that some of the stories are also about his childhood and like about where he mm-hmm. grew up. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think that everybody, not everybody, but everybody probably has that story where, like, you try and find out more stuff about your past from your grandparents and trying to get them to tell you stuff. And for some reason, they, like, want to tell you about some stuff and not other stuff. And so it's nice that he is sort of, like, sharing that. And then the other part of it is I I think he's Korean, obviously, because, right, uh, it's called... Drawings for my grandchildren, but his pay, what he started it when he lived in Brazil. He lived in the same place as his grandchildren, and then they moved to Korea. Right. So he started sending them the the right. drawings. Right, right. They Which moved. Is, yeah. So I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. And hadn't discovered it. Yeah. And that's the bit that I love about it because obviously my parents are away from Frankie, so my new son. Um, so it's a beautiful way for the grandparents to connect with children that are far away yeah. as well. Yeah, and, he, go ahead. I was just say he's just doing a lot of internet at once, right? Like all of the the promises of this wonderful technology. Like he's able to keep in touch with these kids. He's able to use the native technology that they know. He's able to do something artistic. It's 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 what you want from good internet. Mm-hmm. And know? it's just a great way to use Instagram as well. Um, and then I, you know, the other thing I was getting at, which I think is really cool too, is that actually part of one of the things that's like very common in Korean culture. Um, is because so many Koreans have left Korea and come to the United States or other countries, and there's, it's such a big part of Korean culture to tell the stories of where they were from. And there's a whole lot of there's been a lot of really great podcasts about this as well, specifically. So it feels like it sort of ties in a bit oh, um, to that too. Yeah. Uh, okay, you, Steve. I feel like we haven't talked about any. It's funny we haven't talked about any video yet, and this is like a really big year for video and for shows. Did you have a video you were or I have, I have in the video. video categories? We have a lot of video categories. We have branded categories. We have unbranded categories. We have shows. We have we have tons. Um, documentary, really, always really strong. But the one that I, I, I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, a comedy video. Um, we need a little bit more comedy in 2019, I think. And this was something from College Humor, who's been doing really funny videos for a really long time. And um, it's about... This phenomenon uh, that happened, which you may be aware of, where kids were eating Tide Pods mm-hmm. not that long ago. And they did this sort of mocking video about it. Um, and it's uh, sort of like the the CEO of Tide is being interviewed, uh, one camera shoot type of thing, and is just talking about uh, the new product line that Tide's coming out with and everything sort of like shaped or flavored like candy. And he just getting more angry as he goes. This is a very, very funny video from Kyle yeah. Schumer. And, he, and the guy is also, the plays the CEO is, is fairly young, right? Yeah, he's young. He's like, I mean, when you watch it at first, you're like, I maybe he's a little miscast here. 
But you he know, does a lot, like, he does some bits about like how he, nobody wants to take advice from like an old guy, but he's kind of like a young guy. <laughs> well, that's right? the thing. He's he's the he's a young guy clearly, but dressed and sort of like staged as like a still corporate. So like he's definitely older than the eleven year olds who are eating Tide Pods or. Even older kids, I guess, because it was like sort of an online challenge for a little while. Why were people eating Tide Pods? They look delicious. They, I mean, they're shiny. You, like, yeah. Like, I mean, they look like candy. And they have like, you know, multi-flavored candy because you have like two types of detergent in there. So you have like a little green and a little Would lemon. they eat the whole thing or would they just take a bite? The challenge was to like eat the whole thing. Like swallow it whole. And people were getting sick. Oh. I mean, it's it's detergent. It's, it's poisonous. It's dangerous. So, you know, I guess it's a... Making uh, fun out of something that was semi-serious, <laughs> but also like the dumbest thing that ever existed. So and well, uh, it's funny. But there's, I mean, there's also like a really good commentary in the video and it's college humor that does really smart sort of underlying yeah. things in that it's like the way they approach it is that the way that Tide is going to fix this is by pleading with young people not to yeah. eat don't, the pod. Don't eat the pod. As opposed to like not making the pod look like candy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they go through and then there's like all these new products that all look like candy. And it's kind of a reference to like how cigarettes looked really attractive yeah. and how they try and get you to do all these things by making them look attractive and then they blame people for right. 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 And that, that's the, the funny thing is like as they break out each consecutive new product that looks even more like candy, one's like a lollipop, one's like dish detergent that's shaped like a, um, a, like a ice, ice cream pop, things like that. They get to like – and College Humor does this a lot where they just get completely more absurd as the video goes and then sort of ends with like a – there's like a hamburger on a table and he's like, this is just a hamburger. And they're like, no, no, that's, that's a Gillette razor, <laughs> you know? So like it gets even more insane as it goes. So yeah, it's a, it's one of the funnier college humor videos I've seen in a long time. Which is I'm saying glad. a lot. Which they, is saying a lot. They do quite a funny. bit of funny stuff. So that was a, that was, that was the one. And you know, like when, when I saw it online before the Webbies, um, it was a little closer to when the Tide Pod stuff was happening, but it still, still packs that punch. Um, I just wanted to, just because it reminded me, that I, I just do want to stand up on the soapbox here for a second and <laughs> talk about one thing because it's so close, which is it really reminded me of gummy bears, of the whole – and we've talked about this before. The blue gummy bear? Just the concept of how there's like gummy bears out there now that are not candy, that are their drugs, right? Mm -hmm. And that there's people who make marijuana and if you want to smoke marijuana, that's, that's fine. That's your thing. Maybe it's other people's things too. But maybe they shouldn't be making the gum. They shouldn't be making marijuana products that into gummy like, bears. That look like candy. Yeah, it just oh, seems like yeah. such a like what? It's just not what? necessary, and it's not necessary for a Tide Pod to look like candy. Right. Well, <laughs> like, it's like it's the whole it's the whole Lego thing, right? Like Lego has made sure that they're never mm -hmm. going to do anything that looks like food. Right. Oh, oh, I didn't know so that. that Interesting. So the kids don't eat the Legos. Oh. But what about but what about Duplo? Is it Ulo or Duplo? Duplo. Duplo. That's a bit big to eat. There's like a big, there's like a bunny rabbit with a big Duplo carrot, though. I've seen that before. Listen, Duplo's not Lego, though, is it? Same company, I think. Oh, it is? I, think it's I like, thought it was a whole other company. I thought it was Lego for like really, really, really little kids. I think you're thinking Play, Playmobil. That's the fit. That's the, like the other Lego. That's not as good. We're not it's there, like yeah. GoBots and Transformers. So, yeah. So if you're also a company that's starting to make marijuana products, <laughs> we just really think in addition to not having things making Tide products that look like candy. You shouldn't be making marijuana products that look like candy either. And that's my little soapbox. I think you're going to get a, You're going to get some hate uh, mail you're get, No, you're going to get a lot of agreement on that. agreement on that, yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, speaking of food, I wanted to talk about a social account. That's actually like a social a place, a, a brand that just does social really well that I love. Um, which is nominated for in general social best food and drink social, which is Bon Appetit. Mm. Oh, you are a fan. I am a huge Su- fan, super fan. Yeah, and uh, I think they do a great job. They really, really do. Um, and so they've been nominated. So it's really a, a, like a nomination for all of their social stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just constantly getting sucked into and learning about things that I really don't didn't think I knew that much about, or or didn't think I wanted to know much about. Um, so one of them recently, there was a post about, it was the the Rent Week ginger drink you're dying to have. And I'm like, what is that? I didn't even know what Rent Week What is meant. Rent Week? Rent Week is like the week that you need to pay your rent and you have like less money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I know that week. Yeah. I, I, I just had never heard it called Rent Week, which is, you know, anyway, so I figured that out. But I make this ginger drink like every week now. I love it. It's like the best thing going. What's in it? You take a whole bunch of ginger and you like blend it up in a food processor or Cuisinart or whatever, and you boil it with water and a little bit of orange juice and some like orange peels um, until it reduces down and it makes this like ginger syrup. And then you put the syrup in the fridge and then you basically use it. You just pour it in some, pour it in a glass with ice and like a little seltzer water and you have like sort of a non-alcoholic cocktail, if you will, anytime you want. Yeah. And it's very good. It's good for your stomach. I drink it all the time. It's awesome. I would have never, if I'd seen it in a recipe book, never tried it. But there's something about their social um, that's great. And so they do a great job of, like, they bring the whole cast of Bon Appetit into the social. So, like, there's this one guy who's, like, really into kombucha. And on their YouTube channel, they have a big, like, kombucha lab video series. And he's constantly fermenting weird stuff. And you can follow that. Um, They do regular stuff, like all the hands and pans videos. But they do a really good job. So they're time stopped and time edited. So you really don't have to watch that much of it to understand how to make it. Just a big fan. I bet they're good on stories. <laughs> I would like to say that I, I knew about that. <laughs> but I, since it's hard for me to, to check in the stories for no reason other than the fact that I'm just continually uninterested in clicking on the stories. Um, but I bet you they are good in stories. I bet they are. You've been a, a fan of Bon Appetit. For, we've, we, we've worked together for, what, 50 years at this point? Something like that. And yeah. I think when I was – there's some point where I was mature enough to try to cook a turkey. And I was like, I think i got to go to DMD. He's going to have some kind of – Turkey brining magic, and he, you sent me a Bon Appetit dry brine. Like this was this was it. And this this had to be like ten years ago, maybe. Yeah, and it's I've been br- I've been brining my turkeys ever since. Uh, it's a good recipe. Don't we have someone from Bon Appetit coming on the podcast later? 
No, we had um, David Tamarkin, who's the digital editor of Epicurious, oh, which is sort of like in the family of brands over there at Bon Appetit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yes, we did have him. He was awesome. He uh, he has a new book out. It'll be up, and that we'll be talking to him in a couple weeks here on the podcast. People should check it out. Really great, great guy. Um, so yeah, I really recommend all of that. Uh, everything at Bon Appetit. What was I going to say about Bon Appetit? The last thing. Oh, the only thing I don't like about Bon Appetit is everybody at Bon Appetit says Bon Appetit, and it's French word, right? So I don't understand. It's Bon Appetit. It's, it's not Bon, bon Appetit. appetit. Yeah, it's not ah. Bon Appetit, but I think it's sort of like how when I go to a Starbucks and I want a croissant, I just order a croissant because I don't want to be like an annoying asshole. Oh. <laughs> so maybe that's okay. Is that, is that, is that like when I go like mozzarella? Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit like that. You don't yeah. go mozzarella. <laughs> no, I was joking. You know, yeah. I go I go galamad. It's like that. Yeah, maybe. Like, like gabagool. Like you don't want to do that. No, I, I, I try not to do that. that. Yeah. Like when I say g'day. <laughs> <laughs> Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Claire, what do you got next? I've got a food one too. Oh, good. Ooh. It's called The Perfect Loaf. Oh, I love that site. It's I such a it so good much. site. Is there, oh, I, will I get in trouble for saying bread porn? Because that's, I mean, it is bread, the bread. I don't think of, you would ever yeah. get in trouble it's for so saying good. bread porn. Because that's what this What's site is. What's the URL of the website? Let's start there. It's, I think, theperfectloaf.com. Theperfectloaf.com. And it is a nominee in personal blogs and website. And it's just a perfectly designed blog about making bread uh, and it's from a gent who grew up, his um, his family is Italian and uh, just loves, he what he loves the simplicity of bread and simple food. So it's all about bread, how to make a great focaccia. There's a lot of focus on soda bread. Oh. That's, a, that's like a whole thing. The whole most of it is soda bread, um, but most of it's soda okay, it's bread. Lots, I didn't it's a lot that. of soda bread. Interesting. It's a little bit about ciabatta DMD. There's yeah. a bit about ciabatta. Yeah, uh, but you guys should check it out. Do you? Are you a baker? Are you bread baker? I don't bake bread, um, but I might now that, yeah. the, that I found this website. What's your favorite kind of bread? Mm, I don't know if I could choose. It's hard. I do love. I oh, I love all bread. What's yours? You know what? I, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite, but I do enjoy uh, the science of so, of uh, sourdough. When I learned that like chefs have like a sourdough starter that's like ages old, and they like give it to other people and they leave it in their wills and stuff, that was really cool to me. The starter is the leaven. Uh, it's I guess it's like the before you start making bread, it's like the, the yeast, yeast element of it. I think, mm-hmm. but just this idea that like. Chefs will put in their wills like who gets the starter the starter for the sourdough. It's really interesting to me. That's a little like some people with soup, isn't it? With um with vinegar, I think. Yeah, vinegar. There's right? the, uh, yeah. the the mother. The mother. Also, of the same with kombucha. There's the there's the um, oh, yeah. scoby. The scoby. Yeah, very very similar. Mm. Um, but I think you know people who don't have a starter they use you can get like dry instant yeast or mm-hmm. whatever. But yes. if you have the starter, you can also I think I believe having. Watch that show on Netflix. Um, I think you can start your own starter, which is, I think, super annoying to do, but obviously super cool if you do it. Uh, You know what I love about that website, in addition to bread, is that it's like, it's kind of like what the web is supposed to be about, right? It's like somebody who got, or at least some part of it, somebody got like really into something, documented all the Mm -hmm. pictures, all of it. It's like really beautifully shot. It's beautifully designed. He explains it all. Mm -hmm. It's a resource. It's inspiring. It's like he... That you want to know about bread, like it's there. 
it's there's just no other point. It is it is the place. It is awesome. You will be excited to bake something. Yeah, and one of the other things that I was looking at it again today, he, you know, he, he has a really great pop-up that says, sign up for my email. 22,000 people have signed up for that email, which I love that people there's 22,000 people out there that have signed up just talking about bread. They have a great pretzel recipe, by the way. Oh, people, they do? They do, and it's um, pretzels like real. Do you real, have to use lye in it? You, you do. I think yeah. there's other ways to do it, but theirs, I think they have theirs is with lye, and um, pretzels are like not as hard to make as, as they might seem like they are. So if you if somebody if people are out there into pretzels, I would definitely recommend going to the Perfect Loaf and get looking at that recipe. You can order lye on Amazon. Um, it's and basically what you do is you make the dough and you dip it in water with lye, and that's what sort of gives it that brown sheen. Mm-hmm. And like you absolutely can look like you have you're somebody who has like a German brew brewery kind of place with pretzels and stuff. And people will come over and they'll like lose their minds. Uh, Steve has something else. Uh, I do, but now see. I- Tried to time it so that this we maybe not end with the serious thing. So you have to, you have okay, to, you're, you're I got one more. You're one. Oh, good, good. Well, this, you know, when we look over uh, and see all the nominees and all the entries that come in and all the stuff that we love on the internet, I usually focus on music stuff because I love music and all that. But the ways that music is used in really interesting ways, and this is a, it's a piece of advertising. It's um, something that was done um, journalists um, without borders in Germany. And they worked with Media Monks on it. And it's something called the Uncensored Playlist. And you can sort of experience it in a lot of different ways on mobile or as a website. And I, first time I saw it was as a website. And what they did was the idea was to say that there are these countries where journalists are under fire. We know that in 2019. It's a big issue in terms of freedom of the press. And they focused on journalists in a couple of countries like China and Vietnam, uh, Uzbekistan. And pieces, important pieces of journalism that these journalists wrote were banned in the country, and they wanted to figure out a way at, around this. What they realized was while the websites were banned, Spotify and streaming services w- wasn't, right? They weren't. So what they did was they hired all of these musicians, they took these articles, they made songs where the lyrics were the articles, and they put them on Spotify. Wow, so, so then, so, pe- so people could use their music streaming services to then listen to these articles, which were under the cover of songs. That's amazing. It was like, I mean, it's everything that I love about like using technology as a Trojan horse to get like the truth out there in the world. And uh, it's just a really beautiful site. The design is really good. It's like I, just everything that you love from like socially conscious internet. I think you know? I've seen this one as well. It would, they worked with Spotify to do it, right? They worked with Spotify. Uh, they worked with like a number of different bands and songwriters too. And they worked with the, the journalists themselves as well. So they're like, yeah, every part of this equation was represented by the people who had a stake in it to some degree. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really compelling. You know, like the idea of using this technology, you know, and we all know that governments sort of respond really slowly to things. So like they knew that they had this window right. where they could use Spotify to get like some subversive content into there for people to listen to before Obviously, they brought attention to it, and hopefully, I don't know if, if those things were pulled down yet or anything like that. Sure. Well, really probably by when we announced the nominees, I guess, they were at that uh, point. Yeah, I mean, hopefully at that point, sure then the, the attention. Yeah, I don't think it'll be our fault. That. No, it will not be our fault. There's something kind of interesting in that radio has always been the subversive mm-hmm. medium as well, right? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I mean, there was the there was a Webby winner, I think, like a couple of years ago, where it was just a really simple website, and... They stream like every local radio station oh, around yeah, the world. Remember, remember that? that? Really, that really awesome. cool. Yeah, I that love was that. So like, awesome. I want to say something garden. Radio garden? Radio, radio garden. garden. Yeah. Your memory is amazing. Yeah, really. Well, sometimes. 
but that would that was that was the, this idea of radio as like the tool mm-hmm. you know I, I, yeah that's that's another like reason why this thing's so cool you know I, awesome. I just love it I love I love that kind of thing yeah it's super subversive yeah. and yeah again I think it's another one of those things using sort of the web in the ways that sort of people thought yeah. it should be used for back, yeah. back in the day and today I, obviously agree and also like using the using technology in a way that maybe wasn't its original intent which is like a very internet-y thing to say, all right, well, we built this app to do this thing, but everybody's using it to do this other thing. That's always really exciting, too, yeah. when you look at this stuff. All right, I got one last one here. Not going to be a shocker. Uh, it's a National Geographic uh, profile, the nominee in the best data visualization category, which I think is also a new category, right? And we've had it for a couple of for years For two now. years, yeah, okay. It's a popular um, category, It's though. a great category. Oh, it's so good. And it's called Billions of Birds Migrate. Where Did They Go? Where do they go? And it's essentially just like this really great interactive experience showing you where different species of birds go and where they migrate to and from and what that path looks like. And uh, it's really interesting these days because we know a lot more like in the last 10 years about what birds do than we did before. And um, we actually had a podcast episode about this. We interviewed the gentleman who runs the ornithology lab, for lack of a better word. And we talked about this. They have an app, which also was a Webby nominee and winner, which is called eBird. And what we found from talking to him was because there's this app now where regular birders can go out and track and say and see where what birds they've seen and when and where, they have something like, you know, 100 million more bird sightings and pieces of information per year than they did 10 years ago before the internet. And so this type of thing in National Geographic would have not been possible to even understand in say even like 2005 or 2000 or something because they didn't have the information. And now they have so much information, user-generated information around birds um, that they can put together features like this. And birds just tell this incredible story of like what's happening in the world, right? Because if birds typically migrate from one place to the other and they stop going on the same route, it might mean because of climate change or might be because of weather, so many different factors. Uh, and so anyway, for people who are interested in data visualization, it's a really cool looking thing. Uh, it's also something you can learn a lot about. So it shows how the birds are moving around the world. Yeah, different. And I think it focuses on like five or six species and shows what their typical pattern is and why it's that way. And you can, has that sort of like very cool Aaron Koblen kind of uh, where the planes are going visualization feeling for people who know him from sort of like, you know, 2007 or eight or whatever his thing at the moment, sort of that vibe. Um, but also very like educational and sort of explains, has text and stuff and explains what's going on. Sounds amazing. I'm so quiet because I'm looking at it right now. It's really, it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's nice. I mean, again, it's not super surprising that National Geographic did again, like another of the 137,000 other amazing things they've made in 2019 alone. Um, but it's definitely one of my favorites. You know what it reminds me of a little bit too is National Geographic always does amazing stuff. And the the National Film Board of Canada oh, yeah. always does really cool they do. Like like, you know, data visualization. Environmental as well. data stuff, yeah. Yeah. This is this is amazing. Wow. Well, Steve Marchese, Claire Graves, thanks so much for joining us, sharing your your favorites. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to go check out all the nominees at webbyawards.com. They are up there now. Our winners will be available and announced in just three weeks. Uh, but right now, everybody can go and vote. They can vote for 
you know, all of these or any other thing that they're interested in and all the different media types we have. Um, I think last year we had millions, literally millions of votes cast. Three million votes were cast Three last million year. votes cast. So um, it's really a great opportunity to go and see, like, what's going on with the web that we want to support and, and be part of. Um, so thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having us, Thanks David. Thanks for having Visit our show notes for a list of each Webby nominee we discussed in today's episode and go vote for your favorites at vote.webbyawards.com until Thursday, April 18th. Voting in Webby People's Voice is fun and you'll also find tons of different apps and sites and videos that you're sure to love. As always, you can reach me on social at DMDLikes. Our producer is Terrence Brosnan. Our writer is Jordana Jarrett. Our editorial director is Nicole Ferraro. Music is Poddington Bear. Claire Graves is an award-winning elevator pitch. I'm your host, David Michelle Davies, and this is The Webby Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.